Welcome everybody to episode 84 of the Metabilis 2 podcast featuring myself, Ben. And David. So how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. I'm a bit tired. Had a busy, busy work week. Uh, and I yep. believe you've also had some busy work weeks recently, yep. David. Yep. So. I'm pulling double shifts here lately, so ah, it's, it's been know. a bit Tell bit me about much. it. I thought summer you're supposed to have the time off and stuff in this lovely warm <laughs> weather we're having on the Pacific. Yeah. Pacific coast of the United States of America. Anyway, it has been very, very warm. It is. Yeah. It's ninety today in in, mm-hmm. in in Kirkland. Oops, I've just yes. given away my location. Anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, what we're doing like a general news roundup. Yeah, I thought since it's been a while, let's uh, okay. catch up on the Doctor Who news. Doctor and the Who big news. news, of course, is the trailer dropping here today and during after World Cup football. So excellent. Yes. Did you give that a watch? I definitely gave it a watch. Um, I found it very acceptable. Yeah. It was good. It was very good. It was mm-hmm. very good. I um, it's, it's, it's interesting watching a trailer like that mm-hmm. out of its context. And it, I think its context was very much for the football. I don't know whether you caught the dulcet tones of Rio Ferdinand and mm-hmm. Alan Shearer in the background delivering a commentary on halftime commentary, <laughs> halftime commentary on some kind of football match. It had a double purpose there. I think it did. What they're saying, an exciting team to watch, can't wait to see them in action, that type of thing. Exactly. Absolutely deliberate. Yep, absolutely Mm -hmm. deliberate. Um, And again, you probably caught the very subtle fish fingers and custard potential reference. Um, was that that what it was I was going to ask you to talk about that uh, British breakfast I think it was a breakfast that it was uh, a breakfast yes and it Brian was Brian was eating yeah and of course I mean in the it's a traditional British egg eating uh, technique is what's called boiled egg and soldiers where you boil an egg um, a soft boiled egg um, and then mm-hmm. you have toast and you cut the toast into strips um, and those strips are called soldiers um, and then you dip those soldiers into the egg yolk um, mm-hmm. Soak up all yolk, uh, eat, eat the yolk like that, and then you finish off the, the boiled egg using using a spoon. Um, of course, um, uh, I'm going to forget his name. Who is he? Who's who's that one? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Is the character's name. So Ryan, of course, was in a calf. Um, it's hard to get boiled eggs in a calf, um, uh, so he had a fried egg. Uh, but he was using soldiers mm-hmm. to dip into the yolk of his fried egg, which was very good. But of course, they uh, to me, I think they did have a. Slight, certainly visual callback to Fish Fingers and Custard. Okay. Opening of uh, the Matt Smith Doctor, and and did was a sausage taken? Is that is, is that what happened? It was a little bit unclear. Yeah, it looked like uh, she either grabbed a sausage or dipped in and broke the yolk for him. Or I, I don't I don't really know what. I, I'm I'm thinking it's more of a cultural British cultural thing, but maybe maybe not. Maybe it's just a callback to Fish Fingers and Custard. I mean, I think she was definitely messing with his breakfast because um, right. you know, obviously he wasn't concentrating on his breakfast. Mm-hmm. Though, of course, again, I mean, I think it's a little bit weird. I mean, let's just be overly analytical about this. It's obviously dark outside. Right. Um, so if this was during the World Cup half-time, that's a bit weird because it wasn't dark. Mm-hmm. And also, why is he having breakfast in mm-hmm. the afternoon? You think so? You were you put it at this was happening concurrently with I, viewing was, it. Yeah, I mean that was mm-hmm. my that was my understanding. Mm-hmm. Though of course you know it could be it could be it could be the football season, um, right. which of course is in the autumn when traditionally right. Doctor Who begins. Um, when it is also dark in the evenings, um, though he is still having his breakfast in the evening. So well, I could, thought it could be an early morning breakfast before the sun come up. Uh, that if they, if that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Then you're wondering why is he watching the football on his phone. That's um, true. <laughs> uh, though he could be watching, you know, highlights uh, highlights of last night's game or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But certainly, she's definitely messing with his breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. I think she stole a sausage. Okay, so that's the the first act that we see the doctor <laughs> <laughs> in the trailer stealing a sausage. Stealing a sausage. Now, do you think this was a sp- specifically filmed? Do you think this is an excerpt from an episode no, or I th- just? I a- think this is this is specifically filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the next, next second act, we see uh, Yasmin yep. in looks like apartment with her, and, with uh, her eating pizza with her jolly with her friends mates. eating pizzas. Yep, and um, the pizza the pizza magically refreshes itself through the magic of time travel. One has to imagine. So the Whitaker Doctor delivers pizza. That's it's a new twist on the character, and we haven't seen the Doctor deliver food before. Yeah, she points out that you should be concentrating on your breakfast rather than watching the football. Mm-hmm. And she also, when you've run out of pizza and your friends are still hungry, she provides you with a fresh pizza. So yeah. 
good for her. I think I saw this on Twitter somewhere, but the woman she's with is one of the Bristol University students, uh, same actress who was in the oh, uh, Capaldi uh, when he was in the uh, teaching theater. Did not pick that up. Was in the crowd. Wow, that's interesting. So perhaps maybe uh, return to Bristol University. Well, maybe. Wow, maybe we'll... Uh, <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll see. How interesting. Yeah, didn't pick that up at all. And another thing, the Whitaker doctor has this elaborate ear ear piercing, and so did Mandip Gill on her ear. We get a full full view of her ear piercings. Uh, I hadn't actually fully clocked all the ear piercings. Yes, I'm just looking at the <laughs> image right now. Yeah, that is um, that's quite, it's like quite some four piercings. or five piercings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's almost Cybus industry level um, metallic in the ears. There, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. interesting because. Um, Presumably, she's not going to regenerate with like metal in her ears. She uses sonic screwdriver to do piercing. That that that's another new twist on the Doctor's character. Do we remember whether she had ear piercings at all at the end of the regeneration scene at the end of last season? Yeah, I do not remember. I'm not sure we got a good shot of her ear. Maybe the first thing that she does after she regenerates, as well as change clothes is nip down the piercing place, whatever that place mm-hmm. is called, and get some ear piercings. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the first thing I'd do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, there's Graham, who gets his boring newspaper turned into the Beano, mm-hmm. so that's awesome. Well, she switches out a tabloid at probably the Sun for Beano, and it's the exact same copy of Beano that Matt Smith's doctor was reading at the beginning of The Rings of Akatan. Yes, Summer Special 1981. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's the prop, Beano prop, that uh, BBC Wales has <laughs> lying around. It's the only <laughs> Beano that they have. Uh, <laughs> literally the only Beano. Uh, featuring, of course, I think, yes, Dennis the Menace and Nasha on the front there. Uh, mm-hmm. For all our American fans, um, your Dennis the Menace is not the original and correct Dennis the Menace. The original and correct Dennis the Menace is Dennis the Menace and Nasha, who is Dennis the Menace's dog, from the Beano. And the Beano, I think, has been running since, oh gosh, at least the 1940s, possibly the 1930s. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, but 1981 again. So, there must be the copy they have lying around. Yeah, though, I mean, what's weird, though, I'll have to, well, I mean, again, it's a callback to the to that episode, it must be, because the Beano is still published, so, I mean, you could actually go down to W.H. Smith and buy a copy of the Beano if you wanted mm-hmm. it to be uh, contemporary, but obviously they didn't, they really did want it to be, she, she's swapping it out with the copy of the Beano that Matt Smith, um, the Matt Smith Doctor was reading uh, in the the yells of Akhenaten, or whatever that one's called, what's it called? Oh, Rings of Akhenaten. Ring, that's it, that's it, that's <laughs> it, that's it, yeah. And um, the BBC trailer is called New Adventures, New Friends. So Chibnall is pushing that these aren't companions, these aren't assistants, but the Doctor's friends. So it's a little change of nomenclature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he's, I mean, he's used friends, he, she. Um, they've used friends before to describe um, their companions, which I think is fine. I right. just really, really enjoyed the fact that it seems to be something completely new. Obviously, there were a few little callbacks. All of those callbacks, I think, were to, interestingly, were to Matt Smith rather than to Peter Capaldi. So to Doctor right. um, uh, 12 rather than 13. Or am I getting my doctors mixed 11. up? 11. 11, 11. That's it. God, yeah. yeah. That whole War Doctor thing really throws off my mental doctor numerine. Yeah, I've just gone with the actor. I've given up anything anything modern. Yeah, <laughs> just, you just go with the yeah, just g- yeah. actor name. Exactly. So um, the, I think interesting those all callbacks to to that, uh, to the Matt Smith Doctor, who was, you know, very much, I think, the Doctor Who Broke America. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously, the trailer is very distinctively European or British. Um, right. You know, transport, CAF, football, um, the World Cup. Um, which has mm-hmm. got really, relatively little coverage over here at all, the World Cup. Hardly any. Because obviously Americans aren't in it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get a bunch more stuff after Comic-Con is, is, is done and dusted. And that's why we had the big Entertainment Weekly cover mm-hmm. four-page article uh, featuring Jodie Whittaker as the doctor, the doctor on the cover. Yes. And... Uh, three three additional images, two with featuring the Doctor. Kind of interesting TARDIS team pictures. It kind of reminded me of the Hartnell era a bit. Yes, yes, it did. It was it was very very Hartnelly. 
Very, very, mm-hmm. very heartening indeed. Um, not anything that looks like the interior of the TARDIS, though, to me. No, that that's a good point. Maybe they've not finished building it yet, or maybe that no, they must have finished building it by now. Well, you know, there there has been set sightings of the TARDIS, so right. she must have it. But it's probably just not what they wanted to feature with the whole ensemble cast there. Yeah, so she's she's fixing a glowing Rubik's cube inside an old factory. <laughs> yes, um, they're enjoying a lovely walk in the Welsh countryside. Yes. <laughs> All misty and like. <laughs> All misty and with no trees. Um, though mm-hmm. actually, looking in the background, I think they might be Christmas tree shopping because there seem to be a bunch of Christmas trees there. There has been rumor of a Christmas special. I think that's going to be our uh, last episode of the season, probably broadcast on Christmas. And so maybe that's indeed what they're doing. Wow. Maybe they are Christmas tree shopping. They're shopping for a Christmas <laughs> tree for the TARDIS, which I hope is yeah. going to go on top of the TARDIS, which is, you know, like it's... It's a, only fitting. Yeah, only fitting. Yeah, like it's a builder's <laughs> Christmas tree. <laughs> So it's a little bit of interesting quote in there from that article. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chibnall is quick to point out that William Hartnell's original Doctor had a trio of companions in the show's very first season. Doctor Who is a big, popular, inclusive show, said the showrunner. I wanted to feel that everybody who tunes in around the world has a character they can relate to. So I think that explains the cast and also why uh, Bradley Walsh was cast because so, 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 <laughs> graying old fanboys like you and me. So someone you and I can relate to. Yes. An old Beano reading man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Yep. So we have representation. <laughs> <laughs> we can't complain that we're not being represented. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I just that Graham. that just leapt out at me as uh, see see tired old fanboys you're represented too you can identify with Bradley Walsh <laughs> <laughs> with Graham <laughs> Graham Graham yes Graham the world's the world's most interesting name I am called mm-hmm. Graham yeah mm-hmm. fair enough fair enough fair news yep. fair news yep. fair news no it's a, it's a nice little article I'm so curious to find out because again I mean there's not been I mean let's talk about Graham for a second you know I mean Yes, the the TARDIS original TARDIS crew was made up of four people, um, right. but they were two teachers who were possibly going out. A young girl who was related to the Doctor and the Doctor. I mean, I think this is very different. This is mm-hmm. the Doctor's a woman, right? <laughs> that's uh, different. <laughs> that's different. Um, we have uh, the two uh, 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 minority ethnic uh, groups in Britain represented: Afro Caribbean and um, and uh, and Indian. Um, and then you, we have an old bloke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 really kind of different. Um, and, right. and, and actually, to be honest, I mean, I'm not being deliberately interested in my, you know, the one who's maybe supposed to be me. I am most curious about how Graham fits into this because he is mm-hmm. a very very different looking person than the TARDIS team has ever had. That's true. We um, haven't had an really older companion have we? i mean you know he's not only middle-aged i would have said you know he's late he's a late middle-aged man um late mm-hmm. middle-aged white man and usually i mean let's just think about um uh, rory's dad for instance you know mm-hmm. those are figures of fun um which is fair right. enough you know because i mean everyone's dad is kind of an idiot i know i am <laughs> um so it'd be interesting i mean i i i doubt da- you know this is a major tardis companion it's not going to be a figure of fun i mean i think they've already right. You know, they, they kind of did the kind of male figure of fun thing to death, I think, with, with Rory. That actually became mm-hmm. kind of old by the end. And then to have Rory's dad, who was like twice as idiotic as, as Rory, to come on as mm-hmm. well. That kind of sort of really kind of finished it for me in terms of a piece of character development. So I'm just really, really curious to see what Graham is and what he's up to. I mean, usually a character like this turns out to be evil. Mm. Um, you know. Mm. Um, I, I well, usually all old white men <laughs> deep down are evil right well and i'll have to say uh if you look at like what white men do in the world that's not a that's not an unreasonable <laughs> assumption to make i would have said um uh but um uh, i mean I, I i mean i doubt he will be evil i mean you know right. he's you know i think we had uh, ian you know who obviously was some kind of authority figure as well as an action figure a lot younger mm-hmm. than bradley walsh is right um, so I'm yeah I again you know and this is not as I said this not this is not just me being um, dismissive of the two younger characters it's just I'm really curious about the Graham character because mm-hmm. he is just so different. Well, it's just like Chibnall said that everyone has someone they identify with, and I yeah. think just naturally you and I gravitate towards Graham because. 
that's who we are. <laughs> yeah. But I'll have to say also, I mean, I don't know, if, you know, obviously, again, not speaking for you, the other person I'm gravitating towards is the doctor. I think Jodie Whittaker looks fantastic. She certainly came across very doctory and just very the, doctory. the brief bits that we've seen her, you know, with the awe brilliant bit at the end of Twice Upon a Time and then just the cameo of her at the end of this trailer and then her announcement uh, video she walks like the doctor and i'm really really want to hear her talk more and see what kind of techno babble or gobbledygook that she yep. exposes from her yeah. lips yeah. she has a very doctorish presence about her and I really just want to tune in and see what, what she does with the character. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm also super curious about her costume, which is clear from the, you know, the, all the toys that were um, announced for, for, you know, in, in anticipation of Comic-Con, um, that you know, she's not changing that costume anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious where she's going to get it from. Um, I, I, well, I guess, um, there, yes, there are women's clothes in the, in the TARDIS because that's how Romana got her costume. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess yep. you know Leela changes in her stuff, and there's I guess mm-hmm. there's Victoria's dresses, and in in, there, and then in Thin Ice with Bill saying the TARDIS yeah. has dresses, and yeah. you know, so I mean it's it, it is not unprecedented yeah. that the TARDIS has but, a I mean, I multi want, yeah I'm, multi gender wardrobe. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious, and then you know without I mean joking apart, I am curious about the piercings as well because mm. you know either she regenerates with piercings, which I think is you know that's maybe a an inattention to detail too far. Or there's some reason for them, and that's kind mm-hmm. of that's kind of interesting. Sonic earrings. Sonic earrings. Yeah, <laughs> she has to touch. She touches her ear in like different mm-hmm. sequences, and then like something sonic happens. There's like mm-hmm. one for opening doors. There's one for making that buzzing sound that tells you what something is. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so regarding those action figures you you had expressed a little dismay that we're going to a 10 inch Jodie Whittaker doctor yeah. figure and not a five and a half inch doctor yeah and I I'm, I'm conflicted I mean I did like the tall the big ones I think they are they think they are they are 10 inch ones so there was a 10 inch tenant which I have um, uh-huh. and a Martha and there was a Cyberman and a, a cat nun <laughs> did you get the cat nun I, 10 inch cat nun no no but I got my daughter <laughs> the cat nun and oh, there really? was also a 10 inch uh, Dalek sec as well um, the, hmm. the, the sec hybrid um, right right, right? Yeah. Human Dalek the yep. human Dalek yeah uh, mm-hmm. so the, the kind of the absolute height of Doc 2 action figures where we were getting sort of, you know, ridiculous action figures like, you know, the faceless grandma from, from Idiot's Lantern and unpossessed Toby from the Satan Pit. <laughs> um, just kind of ridiculously, why have they De- even bothered? Destroyed Cassandra. Destroyed Cassandra. <laughs> destroyed Cassandra, which is just the worst. Um, so that, I mean, so those 10 inches were, oh yeah, and we had a, we had a 10 inch um, Jadoon as well, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, those were produced at the absolute height. Right. Uh, so... Obviously, we have a 10-inch one now. Obviously, you know, that 10-inch Doctor can go and play with the Tenant Doctor and the Martha. Um, mm-hmm. It is a little bit, uh, I don't know, tendentious um, that we have a Barbie-scaled, the first Barbie-scaled Doctor that we've had since David Tennant is the is the woman Doctor. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether the toy comes thinking like, oh, yes, girls will like this. What do girls like? Girls like Barbies. Um, so here's a Barbie one. I, I wonder because it has a fabric clothing that can be removed and changed and outfits swapped in. So yeah. I'm wondering if they're certainly going for a little different demographic with that toy. Uh, I could be, could be. Um, I'd, I'd, well, you know, I mean, again, fair enough. I mean, I, I will, I will probably buy what. Well, certainly, if I enjoy the show, if I enjoy um, Jody's performance, I'll be buying one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, for, for consistency's sake, um, they do also need to release a, a regular scale Doctor. A five but and a, a half. But again, yeah. I mean, I think that means right now we actually have three different scales of, 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 of Doctors. Um, so we have <laughs> this new 10-inch one. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the 6-inch ones, which the which the, the kind of collector series. And then there are the Capaldi kind of play Doctor set, mm-hmm. which, is, which are three inches. And three inches, I think, is the new standard size. Um, it's what that's all, a Star Wars figure size, it's, it's I think. Star Wars size. And that's actually when I stopped buying, uh, regularly buying the action figures because I didn't like the change in scale. Mm-hmm. I don't like those small ones. Um, the, so the detail isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So the 10-inch Jodie Whittaker doctor, can uh, she's on the same scale as the Denny Fisher, Tom Baker doctor, right? No, she's a okay. bit bigger than that. 
Bit okay, all right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit bigger her, than that. Her likeness a, l- a little better than the uh, yeah. Denny Fisher. But she's still not, she's on the same scale as the Big Chief figures. Now, Big Chief are a uh, a very very high level figurine action figure making mm-hmm. group um, who are I think just about to release a Pertwee, yeah. which I am vaguely tempted to spend. Well, I'm not going to spit. It'll be like three hundred dollars. But anyway, that's that. That looks like a very nice action figure. Well, and so, all, some of the recent Big Chief ones have been a little bit off, though. I think the Rose one was a little scary. It was not good. Um, uh, what I've seen, the Pertwee one could be a return to form. Um, I mean, I think their tenant was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Matt, I mean, Matt Smith, such a kind of walking caricature. Anyway, it was kind of hard to tell whether. It was bad, or whether that's just what Matt Smith looks like. Mm-hmm. It will be the same scale as the new Judge Dredd figure as well, um, mm-hmm. from um, from Three A. So that was that could be exciting. Judge mm-hmm. Dredd and and Jodie Whittaker and David Tennant can have adventures together. Yeah, that's a good mashup. Judge Dredd and uh, Whittaker Doctor. Exactly on my <laughs> on the carpet in my apartment, they could all have adventures. <laughs> yes, it would be very very nice. Um, the other action figures, if we just want to cover that piece, are awful because I don't really like those. Yeah, the Funko Pop um, the style. The thing is like, just yeah. leave it alone. And those Titan things, again, uh, mm-hmm. they're just trying to be Funko, basically, and Funko's awful, yeah. so some yep. of the Titan things. So yeah. not got yep. much to say about that. Not not a fan of those at all. So. No. <laughs> Though, you know, as I said, I, you know, just because I'm not a fan of something, it doesn't mean that they are actually no good. I mean, mm-hmm. many people love them. Um, of course, mm-hmm. Funko are based here in Everett in the wonderful Pacific Northwest. So um, far be it from me to criticize oh, a Funko. A local business. They are a local <laughs> business. Um, and if you're listening, Funko, we do love you. Please sponsor this podcast. So big protest in the UK this past week. Indeed. And what, and what were we protesting, I wonder? Well, I think a certain... Uh, certain president. <laughs> a certain person from the United States came and... Came uh, and just this? drove roughshod over like every diplomatic and protocol convention set up over the past 50 years. Yes. Oh, unbelievably disrespectful to your queen. And pretty much everybody as well. So yeah. You know, I, I guess yep. that's his that's his MO. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so we all, we, we all went out protesting, I guess all us, all the London London people. Yeah, it's over a quarter of a million people protesting. Yeah, yeah. including, uh, as we're going to point out, a Dalek dressed up as Donald Trump. Yes. Yes, we had a black Dalek crossing London Bridge in a Trump wig. And uh... And a Trump tie. (laughs) That was the the, 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 ridiculous long tie that he insists wearing. Uh Um, I'm not entirely sure that Trump is a Dalek, to be honest. Hmm. I see him more... I don't know what I see him as. He's more of a blob, actually. He's, Zorbalov? <laughs> well, more of Zorbalov. I was thinking like an axon or something. Just like mm. a flailing pile of like tentacles. That's just like stupid, I uh, think. Slitheen, maybe. <laughs> Could be a Slitheen. He's, e- he's easily portly enough. Um mm-hmm. No, I was I was thinking an axon actually. That was going to be hmm. my that was going to be my. Um, well, the axons were very stylish looking in their human in their human form. form. But of course, you know he's like a stupid axon. Like he can't actually <laughs> achieve human form. He just has to be like continually flailing about and doing uh-huh. whatever axons do with like slime uh-huh. and goo and grabbing people by their nether parts. <laughs> so I think that would be my. But of course, if you had an axon dressed in a Trump wig and a Trump tie walking across London Bridge, I don't think anybody would have actually got that one. No, no. no. It has to be a Dalek. But wh- whoever did the uh, Trump Dalek, it was accompanied by Secret Service agents and protecting the Dalek and from the mobs and throngs of the crowds. So do, do we actually know who did the Trump Dalek? I don't know. I, do I mean, it's a, know. It's a, I mean, it's a nice Dalek. It's a very good Dalek. It's, a, it's almost a, a movie Dalek from uh, the Cushing movie Dalek. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, again, we'd have probably have to get in some some Dalek experts to identify mm-hmm. it for us. But it's certainly it's a it's not a new series Dalek. It's definitely an old series Dalek. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder whether it's whether it's a custom or whether someone got it from this planet Earth or um, right. Who knows? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a very and it really booked. I saw a brief video of it. Moving oh, it was down. really moving quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's it's obviously motorized and yeah. it has a little flag pin sticker on its right before it's uh, right above its uh, death ray and yeah. it's uh, definitely a Dalek. So it's a interesting form of protest that joins the giant baby Trump blimp as the most talked about protest in <laughs> in London. 
So I'm just reading the truth of the Twitter thread now from that image. <laughs> it's another good reason why Trump is scared of stairs, the famous... <laughs> Oh, well, maybe he is a Dalek. Maybe he is a Dalek. Maybe he's a human Dalek. And maybe, yeah, maybe he's a Dalek hybrid. Who knows? Oh, there you go. Yeah. And knows. then you, you had uh, added uh, oh, yeah, former, so a former thing, Dalek funny... operator Nick Pegg. <laughs> former Dalek and disgraced Doctor Who journalist Nicholas Pegg did a side-by-side <laughs> -side comparison of the, of the much-hated Piers Morgan, um, mm -hmm. who, again, for our American listener, is um, the ex-editor of the Daily Mirror and is just an all-round... The most hated he's man. the basis okay a very sycophantic journalist yeah he's basically the most hated man in britain to be honest I'll have, i mean without without and that's actually i mean there are so many hated people in britain mm -hmm. at the moment, but in general everybody hates piers morgan whether they be right left or center right. and standing beside um donald trump who is grinning like a ugh, it's horrible um and the comparison is, was between davros and nida and it's actually a nice little comparison yeah mm -hmm. though i don't think either of them are nearly as intelligent um, or, as either. As, yeah. or, or, or as well organized as either Davros or NIDA. In fact, at this point, I'd rather have Davros or NIDA in charge of this planet because at least they've got an idea what they're doing. <laughs> they have goals. <laughs> they have goals. Uh, they know how to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. They have a vision for the future, which is not just flailing around like an axon, um, just smashing stuff. Right. So. And the last little bit of Doctor Who news we had is, the, so you, explain to me what the O2 is. So the O2 is the Millennium Dome, ah, as was. Okay. I'm sure you all have wonderful memories of the Millennium Dome, mm -hmm. which was a... Uh, well, okay, I mean, I can digress yeah. a little bit. But um, so, the, so the Millennium Dome was built um, by the Tony Blair government to celebrate the turn of the millennium. Um, of course, a couple of things wrong there. One, it was actually uh, conceived by the Tory government, so the Conservative government before the Labour government of the, of the, but it's, it's kind of always badged as being a kind of a Labour Party Blairite failure when actually it was, it was kind of a time bomb that the previous Conservative government had like left for Labour. Um, it was built by uh, Richard Rogers, very, very famous designed by Richard Rogers, very, very famous uh, British architect, Sir Richard Rogers. Um, and it was it, it enclosed uh, what was called the Millennium Exhibition, which was this kind of celebration of the millennium. Of course, what irritated me intensely about it is that the kind of millennium celebrations were the turn from 1999 to 2000, when, of course, everyone knows that the, the, the new millennium actually started um, the turn of uh, 2000 into 2001. Right. Uh, but there you go. That's just people being ignorant. And it was basically a celebration of ignorance and stupidity. <laughs> um, after the, uh, it kind of then went bust pretty rapidly and has been through a number of different owners. Uh, you might have seen it in uh, various James Bond movies. Um, it's one of those things you always... Uh, you know, if you're gliding over London, if you want to show things happening in London, like, you know, there's, there's always Tower Bridge and the Houses of Parliament, you'll probably see the O2 dome. It's like a shallow dome with, with yellow spikes sticking out of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, but it's now a big event centre, and this is where they had the kind of big events and concerts, um, et cetera, et cetera, and they had some kind of Muppet thing, yep. right? Yep, the Muppets take O2. Yes. I never really liked the Muppets that much, so I don't really pay attention to kind of Muppet things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the Muppets take the O2 is. I'm sure it's a probably like some, a show of some sort. But the interesting thing is they yeah. had two doctors in there. They did. And I'm curious. I mean, do you know anything more about this? I mean, how did they get two doctors to be involved? I in don't know. Um, maybe okay. maybe David Tennant's looking for work and Davison's looking for work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are doctors who are related. Yeah, yeah that is true. By uh, marriage. Not, not, not to not each other. Not but by marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure David Tennant likes the Muppets because he seems like the kind of person who would. Mm -hmm. I'm certain Peter Davison will do anything for a few bob. Um, so, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listener to explain, there is this Muppet skit in part of the Muppets Take O2, which was the pigs in space, which in the late right. 70s, it was kind of a Star Trek parody with Miss Piggy and uh, two other pig Muppets. So... Okay. What it was is the tenants was the stolen mirth, and then Davison's was mirth shock, and it was basically the same script, just a little bit of tuning and tailoring for each doctor. The doctor would materialize on stage, interact with the Muppets, and then we saw the captain get transformed into all the incarnations of the doctor with finally landing on Jodie Whittaker's 
doctor, which looked like Miss Piggy, but with Jodie Whittaker's T-shirt on and coat. Right. And so that was the big big joke, and then the captain said the, ah, uh, brilliant, and then I feel pretty, and that was pretty much it. But it seemed to get a good good uh, reaction from the crowd in the video that I could tell y'all. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's, uh, Muppets leave me completely cold, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. You are not the target those. audience of... Yeah, well, that's true. I'm definitely not the target audience for the Muppets, but I didn't even like the Muppets when I was the target audience mm, for the Muppets, okay. so... You know, I'm just miserable. I'm just a miserable Muppet mm-hmm. hater. Well, speaking um, of leaving you cold, shall we move on to ah, our our topic? Nice, <laughs> nice. Wow, you you should have a job in 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 in, in podcasting. Oh yeah, if a, the pay is about right trans, with a transition like that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, we were going to because it's so ungodly hot. Not only here in the Pacific Northwest, but also apparently across the entire planet. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm, um, including right. back in England, where it's been. Very, very hot the entire summer, according to my sister. We were going to talk about some Doctor Who episodes to cool you down. Yes, yeah, so ah. Go our top three picks for cold episodes. Ooh, cold episodes. So I think, I think the general idea is we're going to choose settings or stories that are cold. Cold settings, not necessarily ones that left us cold. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Yes, nice distinction. So basically, if you slip this one on, either, you know... Um, from some kind of streaming service or from your uh, comprehensive DV, DVD collection from your public library or whether you're streaming it on Twitch, which is, <laughs> you know, I understand is what all the kids yep. are doing now, London 1965, hashtag. Yep. Um, this will help. This will help. It's like natural air conditioning. <laughs> natural air conditioning. Leave you cool and refreshed. Leave you cool and refreshed. So who's going to go first with their first cool pick? Why don't I go off? I'm not going to go in chronological order. I'm just going to go in order of viewing or order of what I thought of. And so the first one is the uh, Series 4 story, Planet of the Ood. It's set on the Ood ice world or snow world. They come in. We see Donna being cold and the Doctor being oblivious to being how cold she is and just the sn- there's snow and it's uh it's filmed in summer so the light is a bit wrong it would be would have been better if they would have graded the sunlight a little bit to make it look less intense but maybe that's the way it is on the ood planet but that that is my uh, suggestion first suggestion for a cold story that is an excellent suggestion um the i think the only criticism i'd make there is the, t- the sun does seem to be very wrong to me and that snow, the snow looks too much like foam. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's cold. It'll make you feel chilly. Um, I, it doesn't make me feel cold, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it was fake snow, but, you know, you can only do so much with fake snow. It starts to get icy, and it gets to be a bit much. Yeah, yeah. But nice choice, though. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Ood are a very chill, they're a very chill race. Mm-hmm. They started out as being evil, uh, and then they became kind of cosmic mystics. Um, by the end of their tenure, mm-hmm. um, very kind of you know, uh, kind of Tibetan Buddhism style. Ooh, spoiler alert: maybe that's one that we'll pick. Uh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. But um, nice one. Um, so my uh, my first pick, and again with you as as with you, I, I've kind of dotted around a little bit, um, and I've, I've I've not chosen an episode per se, other than uh, but I've chosen a part. Ah of an episode uh, and I've chosen <laughs> one of my favorite um, endings of, of, of actually my actually pretty much one of my top 10 if not top five um, new who stories which is um, uh, 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 family of blood and um, oh, got my mind uh, family of blood and human nature so it starts out with human nature and then and then family of blood yep. the last scene of family of blood when the doctor is saying goodbye to the uh, uh, school child, I'm um, also forgetting his name, on on what was apparently the wettest day ever in South Wales, and you can see everybody getting absolutely soaking wet. There's raindrops running down everyone's faces. Whenever I see that scene, I just just like, please, just can someone get like a magic TARDIS umbrella um, and put them over these people because they're looking so so wet and unhappy. Hmm. So. Uh, a kind of a British fall, winter coolness of the rain. Yes. So I was imagining just standing in a field, in a lovely green field, a uh, hillside in Wales, and just getting mm-hmm. absolutely drenched in rain, which I think would be nice. Mm-hmm. So was this the Thomas Sangster character they were saying goodbye to? Tom, that's it. It's Thomas Sangster. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Um, I've, I've, 
I've got my Tim, Thomas Sankster. Tim Latimer was the character's name. Tim Latimer is the character. Thomas Sankster is the actor. Mm-hmm. And he is just getting absolutely soaked. I mean, watch it. It's actually super funny, in fact, because they're all acting really, really well. But they're all obviously completely mm-hmm. soaked, full of rain and uncomfortable. You know, one, one thing that's really will make you feel old, I think Thomas Sankster, he's about 30 now. He is. Well, he's in, he's in Game of Thrones as well. Yes. He's like um, <laughs> a thingy from Games of Thrones. Um, I'm now going to forget what thingy he is. He's one of the... Joe Jen one Reeds. Those, yeah, one of the Reeds. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one, of, one of those creepy Reeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It, the whole, yeah, well, you know, as you know, only too well, everything nowadays makes me feel old. Um, which <laughs> yes. is why, why I will identify so closely with Bradley Wiggins' character. Graham. <laughs> Bradley Walsh. Wiggins. <laughs> Bradley Walsh. I'm not Bradley Wiggins. Bradley I don't know. Wiggins. Bradley Wiggins is a footballer. Hang on, let me right. up Bradley Wiggins. So Thomas Sankster getting wet is my right, first so choice. Kind of a, a British wintry wet wet coldness. Exactly. A damp, a damp cold. Oh, Bradley Wiggins is a British former professional road and track racing cyclist. Oh, well, there you go. So he and is a real person. He's just <laughs> not Bradley Walsh. He's just not a companion. He's not playing Graham here. This He's fall. not playing Graham. He, if they needed Graham to ride a bicycle, he could probably play Graham. But anyway. So my second pick, mm-hmm. I think you can look no further than the last series, Series 10, for Thin Ice. Oh, and if we're looking for light levels, um, this was entirely filmed on the soundstage, and they do get the winter light and the coldness with the with the fog machines and whatnot on the frost fair, I think really well. And, they do. They do. Um, gave this a, another watch recently, and um, my opinion of it has improved a bit. I think really? it, it went up in a little bit of estimation. I still think the uh, punching scene is a little forced and maybe unearned script wise, but okay. generally. Uh, it's a very frosty episode. It fits well. I think the production values on it are really good for a wintry scene, and it uh, it it does feel cold. And just you have the whole beneath the Thames uh, diving scenes beneath the ice. It does give you kind of a chill. It it is it is a cold cold depiction of London. Excellent grading. I mean, they really stepped it down. They pushed up the blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels cold. Uh, it's, I, I I have not rewatched that episode uh, recently, um, if at all. Again, because uh, I didn't really care for it. Um, ha- hearing that you rewatched it recently and enjoyed it is encouraging me to maybe give it another look. Certainly, it is a nice chilly feel, and one can imagine on a hot day like today, lying down with one's face pressed against the frozen surface of the Thames um, and, <laughs> and getting, a, getting a lot of relief from that. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so my second choice is one of the seeds, and it is the Seeds of Doom. That is the seeds mm-hmm. I'm picking, um, and it is the first two episodes, and we are. it is John Carpenter's The Thing only yes. about 10, 10 years earlier because it's a kind of a remake of the original thing and it's the first two episodes of Seeds of Doom where the Doctor and Sarah are at the are in Antarctica and some mysterious sea pods have mm-hmm. been unearthed or actually yes. more accurately uniced um, from mm-hmm. beneath the, the, the frozen southern cap um, and even though it's the 1970s uh, and you know their ability to create Antarctica is kind of even less uh, convincing them <laughs> the 2000s were able to convey the frozen oud sphere um mm-hmm. it it feels cold if i mean that yeah. all that polystyrene blowing around poly, uh, poly uh, what, whatever you call it poly do you what you don't call it polystyrene do you sure what's, we do do sure. you what's yeah you, what's that stuff you make plates out of is that polystyrene here yeah i think so oh okay all right anyway all that polystyrene blowing around seems to me to be and actually also sarah does an excellent job um mm-hmm. this laden is an excellent shivering impression um which she does actually really kind of sells it to be honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and, and i'll tell you actually if i can ha- well no i'll i'll, I'll say cool, that. yeah I, well I, I was going to add another one quickly talking about um sarah doing uh, liz laden doing excellent um shivering I love her in her swimming costume in the first episode of Death of the Daleks. You mm. really feel that she's cold there, right. basically. So well done, Liz Layden, and oh, your and beautiful your ability <laughs> ability to convey being cold. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful episode. I was just watching that just the other day over the Excellent. weekend. So Excellent. Good. yeah, it's it's a great episode, and it's one of the first things I thought of when I was thinking of cold is the is the Antarctic scenes yeah. and and just 
the threat of oh, the, the, the weather is a threat there and then how Scorby and Keeler come in and they're all cold and yeah. I, you know they don't they don't hold a candle to uh, Liz Sladen's at cold acting but then <laughs> just the comparison between Tom Baker and uh, uh, Sarah Jane or uh, you know the, the doctor and Sarah Jane um, you know the doctor says I didn't come 10,000 miles to talk about the weather and yeah you know, he's well, it, not cold it, it, and... it really sells the doctor's alienness because everyone else is obviously cold mm-hmm. uh, and he's not cold and that actually mm-hmm. is an excellent just kind of very very subtle kind of signal to the doctor is, is you know he's not he's not yes. human um the other thing i really like about that episode is is actually how ruthless and unconcerned by the danger that everyone is in, not only from the seed pods, but from the weather, uh, how unconcerned um, Scorby and his companion are. You know, it's, it's, it's a really, they're a really, really intimidating pair um, when they right. turn up at, at the, at the, um, um, at the Antarctic base, because they really, you know, they don't really care about mm-hmm. anybody or anything, including the weather. They've just come for one thing, and it's, and it's to get that seed pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorby is ruthless there, and Keeler yeah. is his kind of un, unwilling accomplice. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're very much kind of the doctor and the you know they're, they're sort of the anti doctor and the and the companion. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a kind of very very nice kind of kind of dualism thing. Then of course, what happens to to Keeler? Um, a spoiler alert. Which I'm, I'm not sure actually going to tell you what happens to Keeler, but you know, <laughs> if you know what happens to him, the foreshadowing there is is kind of horrific. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. Very, you know, it's 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 often criticised as kind of being slightly not entirely right. Doctor Who, um, you know, it's written more by, Avengers uh, than more Avengers, but it, mm-hmm. it it works really well. It's it's a it's a classic mm-hmm. classic six parter. I think definitely the first two episodes are more Doctor Whoey than the yeah. the last four. Yeah, which are which are very Avengers mm-hmm. really, but that's not a bad thing because the Avengers was a cool show as well. Yeah, not not a bad show at all. Yeah. So my final of the my top three, I'm going for another Tom Baker in the opening for season sixteen, the Rebos operation. Oh yes, that is cold, isn't it? But it's an interesting contrast because we begin with the doors of the TARDIS mm. opening and that bright light, yes. and that kind of desert like setting with the white guardian in the uh, lounge or the big uh, those big chairs that they have in the 70s chairs. like Emmanuel yeah. used to lie on and those Emmanuel movies yeah 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 yeah. and he's drinking a green cocktail mm. and threatening the doctor with uh, nothing will ever happen to him again if he doesn't go find the key so it's a warm setup but then you move from that warm desert environment to the planet Rebos, where the doctor and Romana go on this uh, wintry adventure and it's really Really, a nice way of introducing the ice ice lady of uh, Romana's personality. How she's portrayed in that very first season is very cold, aloof, and right. what better way is putting her on a on a winter planet? Yeah, no, very good. And again, you know, you get the kind of ice particles floating around um, in the air, which is, I think is very effective, as far as I can remember. I haven't watched the Rebus operation for a while, so but mm-hmm. I mean, you're right that there is a, that is a great contrast. And I actually remember that very clearly. I, I, I we saw um, uh, the Rebus operation. Very strong memory for me because it, obviously it was the first of the season, um, and uh, we were off on, on holiday, on vacation with the first of the season of Doctor Who was, and it was always a, a real struggle for my parents to find me a place where I could watch Doctor Who because <laughs> we would often go to places where Doctor Who was not available. Right. Uh, there was a very, very bad TV signal. So I actually watched the first part of the Rebus operation in black and white in a Ooh. small Welsh cottage in the Brecon <laughs> Beacons. Um, so it was the whole episode kind of still feels cold to me because um, I saw it in black and white. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And talking black and white, my next cold selection is... The Ice Warriors. Ooh. The best thing about the Ice Warriors I love is the music, that opening montage with the the icy Arctic or the icy Britannic yeah. base scenes. Okay. It's it's it, again you know black and white helps because you know it's it's you know there's no color in it you don't need you mm-hmm. don't need to grade it to cold, um, but it's 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 cold feeling and you know this this kind of. The Ice Warriors have kind of have no emotions. Um, certainly, right. you know, Mr. Dent's computer has no emotions. You know, the Ionizer, the people, the, the, the workers in, in the, in the, on the ionizing base, ionizing base, they have kind of no emotions as well. It's the, uh, the, the rebels. Who are those two, the two people in the Ice Warriors? Ah, Clint. No, is it Dent or is it Clint? Ah, it's, it's, Leader, it's Leader Clint. Leader Clint. But who are the two guys who are like, um, 
Oh, Peter Salas is Penley. Penley, that's it. And then it. Angus Lenny is Storr, the Scotsman. That's it, that's it. So they're the people who have kind of had the emotions. And of course, our... Uh, our heroes have emotions as well, but mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a you know it's restored. Um, we've got kind of tele snaps, but it's it's I really like the Ice Warriors a lot. Um, mm. It's you know mm-hmm. it's it's maybe maybe one episode too long possibly, <laughs> but it's really enjoyable. The costumes are fantastic. The music mm-hmm. is great. Um, it's just a yeah. It's one of my it's it's a it's it's, it's a kind of it's a kind of go to base base under siege for me, and mm-hmm. it feels nice and cold. Mm-hmm. It's very cold with Victoria running through those uh, ice, ice caves. caves. Yes. Yeah, ice caves being chased by the ice warrior. That's probably the chilliest scene in the whole thing. But I also have this just the whole that with the with the glaciers or glaciers um, closing in on Britannica's base. Just I know. Like that that whole ice is going to win. It's sort of like the waters of Mars, but with ice. You know, yeah. uh, water water will always win. Ice is always going to win. It's it's, yeah. it's advancing, and, and they're barely holding it at bay. Yeah, I remember being very disappointed because I obviously I first encountered this story in, in, in the novelization form. Um, mm, and I remember Hales, being yeah. bitterly disappointed when I kind of discovered that, like, glaciers don't really do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That you know they don't kind of advance upon you like slowly but firmly. Um, <laughs> they just advance upon you just kind of so slowly right. that it's probably not a huge danger. But anyway, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like I, I remember. I, I think I again. One, I remember imagining the glasses in this is like as like frozen lava, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Scary stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's my that's have I chosen three? I think those yeah, those you are my, sure have. Those are my yeah. three choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know, as, as thinking about frozen things, a special also, I think a special mention we would have to give to the ice canos of Spiridon as well. Mm, um, yes. Imagine imagine having that delightful frozen liquid ice mm-hmm. on daylight today. Lovely. Yeah, wonderfully refrigerated. <laughs> wonderfully refrigerated internal. Caves of Spiridon um, mm-hmm. from uh, planet, the, literally the planets of the Daleks. Yep. So not necessarily the most common uh, setting is the wintry scenes. It's hard to do, I think. Yeah, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, I think what we've demonstrated in our quick spin through cold Doctor Who stories is there is nothing that Doctor Who as a series does not set itself the challenge of trying to achieve. Yep, it's a nice setting, and it's one that I think probably could be used more if they ever had a chance to, or ha- had a story to tell with that. I think just what we've, we've seen most recently with Thin Ice, that when done right, it does look cold. It does look cold. Well, let's hoping that Jodie Whittaker and her companions, particularly Graham, I hope, um, <laughs> will find themselves on an ice planet very soon. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't. I, when, when are they going to announce the episodes and stuff? I'm just so excited for this, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting the, the 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 hits that I need. The short, what thirty second, forty second trailer helped, but having it definitely, it was, it's like the ones that we had for series ten that were filmed especially you know they didn't really have anything tying in what i'm really looking forward to is a clip you know just some kind of teaser trailer. These are actually from the episodes, and. I'm wondering, like, with the, with the bit of music that we had with this 40, 30, 40 second trailer, if that was Sagan Akinola's music in the background or if that was just something else. So I'm, I'm, I want to see all the pieces come together. I want to yeah. see something. So maybe after or during the San Diego Comic Con, like, I, I can't imagine them not dropping another trailer. There's going to be actual s- story. Something will drop next weekend. There is, mm-hmm. I think, there is no, there's no, there's no doubting that. So mm-hmm. maybe only another week to wait, and we'll know more about um, more about the new series. I don't know. I think Chibnall is trying to play it really close to the chest. I'm not sure we're going to know what kind of villains or baddies or type stories we're going to get. I think he really wants to have us take it as we as it comes. All new stuff. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's exciting. Exciting times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, yeah. I've not been this excited um, for a while, actually. So, yeah. Good stuff. So the upcoming weeks, we are in the summer holiday seasons, vacation time in the northern hemisphere and so there's going to be some travel and whatnot so we might have a very spotty recording schedule for the next few months but have no fear we will we will still be thinking about doctor who even Mm -hmm. if we won't actually be podcasting about it and yeah we will 
We'll be, we'll be podding when we can, right. pod fans. So stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I think that's it. Oh, I think that's wait, all. One little bit. Uh, we did get a little bit of feedback on our Sega Nakanola podcast from fellow podcasters, uh, or Jim of the Crinoid Podcast. He gave us a nice little call-out retweet of our episode. So thank you to Jim of the Crinoid Podcast. Jim, uh, thank you so much. And said, uh, excellent look at the work and potential of who's new composer. Give it a listen. So thank you, Jim. We will also recommend everybody to listen to the Crinoid Podcast, yep. which is yeah. a, 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 a deeply involved and uh, important podcast to listen to each month. Yep. And Jim and Martin... Uh, do a good job breaking down and uh, examining all the intricate details on a story-by-story basis. So uh, recommend that one highly as a great podcast to listen. Who podcast? Who podcast it? Yes. Well, good. Um, Well, it's it's time for me to, I don't know, go and find some ice to lie down (laughs) on, I think. Turn on the fan and uh, sip the ice. Yeah, like no air conditioning this part of the world. Anyway, Mm -hmm. whatever. Hmm. Good. Uh, Well, if you have been, thanks for listening. Yep, and talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, as a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye.